2: Hey, it's Bo Matthews. Thank you for tuning in to The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. I want to start the show off by talking about my maiden drone voyage on an online purchase of a drone that I made because last week I spoke to Christian Johnson he is the founder of Respond AI. This is the legitimate drone company that helps first responders and military and uh, in flying their drones uh, to see what's going on in the world. And they work great with first responders and military. And so I had told Christian that I purchased a drone online. I was scrolling Facebook one night. I saw this advertisement video. It looked so legit, and it basically said uh, drones are made up made up of pretty much the same parts. It just depends on what the price is that you pay. Well, I clicked buy because it was a special deal for 100 bucks. And as soon as I got my PayPal receipt, I saw it was a, a Chinese company. And I was like, oh, boy. It took over two months to get here. And it finally arrived. And this past week, I did do a maiden voyage. The maiden voyage, I set the drone up uh, with my phone app that I needed. I had all the batteries charged up. I put it on the roof of my car as the flat uh, launch launching area. And the drone went up, and it kind of started drifting a little bit away. So there was a button to drop it down to the ground, you know, slowly and safely. And I did that, and it came down. Well, then I started messing with it, trying to figure out why it was drifting one way or the other. And so then I fired it up again, and it got off of the ground, and I went higher and higher and higher. And that drift, it was just kind of drifting, and I couldn't control it with the controller I have that it came with. And it was probably every bit of a hundred feet in the air. And all of a sudden it started to drift and it just went over, uh, the, this, this, you know, huge bank of trees never to be seen again. It's gone. And I was like, oh my goodness, I could have just walked into the casino and just thrown a hundred dollar bill on the, on the counter. So that is my warning that if you see a really cheap drone, uh, in an online advertisement, even with an impressive video that sells you on it, oh yes, why spend thousands when I can only spend a hundred and still great, get the great video that I want from my drone footage? Yeah, I'll I'll never see that drone again. And I, I don't even, the thir- the crazy thing is I don't know how far it went. I don't know where it went. Uh, the camera shut off, so I I've, I've got nothing to show for it. Sad, right? So to Christian over at Respond AI. Thank you for, uh, for trying to guide me and letting me know that there are toys and then there are the legit drones that his company and many others are using. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to talk with a, a friend of mine that I happen to have run into this uh, past week. Uh, it's David Gruber. He owns uh, St. Louis Drone Pros, and they do like uh, aerial shots of companies and, and real estate and things like that. We're going to talk to him. I want to see how he got started. Did he start off with the uh, the $100-type drone, or did he go straight to the good stuff? We will find out when we talk to him. Hey, uh, there's a term that has uh, now changed the world, and I want to share it with you. Have you heard the term concerning coronavirus? It's called a covid like as in COVID-19. Yeah, it's already in the dictionary, the Urban Dictionary and the Macmillan Dictionary, and the, uh, the COVID-iet term is translates into an insulting term for someone who ignores health advice about COVID-19. And if you are on the bandwagon of, eh, is this is this really real? If you're thinking, I don't know if it's real or not. You know, we hear a lot of headlines about it. Is it a political thing? Well, who qualifies as a covid Health Magazine says the term is thrown around a lot lately. But covid idiots uh, it's hard to say, uh, have been known to do things like uh, act like nothing has changed, uh, they think it's a hoax or they think it's overblown. They get mad when they're asked to wear a mask. Uh, but yet, they stock up on you know food items and toilet paper and things like that. Or they go to a, a house party uh, because people are just not believing that coronavirus and COVID-19 is a real thing. I'm here to tell you that has now finally hit my family close to home. I just found out in the past week that my nephew, who lives down in Florida, uh, has, uh, has tested positive for COVID-19. He's really good. He's on the other side of it, which is great news. But for anybody that's questioning, is this thing real? Is it more like a flu or a cold? Well, we're going to find out when we talk to my nephew, Matt, next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. So don't go anywhere. And for crying out loud, don't be a covid and wear your mask. I've been on the fence of, is it real, is it not? And I've sat in parking lots of stores that I wanted to go into to see if everybody was wearing them or not many people were wearing them. I do this like little informal survey, but then I usually land on wearing the mask inside because I don't want to hurt nobody. And I'm sure you don't either. So Wear your mask, and don't be a COVID-idiot. That that is, a Google it, you'll see what I'm talking about. We've got a lot to go on the show, including uh, a new protest group. It's a protest group called Protest That. I think you'll actually appreciate what their mission is. Plus, there's a a couple that's uh, trying to put together an experience for cinema, but in a very small sense. It's called a micro-cinema. You'll hear from them as well on the show. And we've got a bow on the go stop. I'm really excited for you to meet the owner of Morley Performance. And if you're thinking fast race cars and motors and horsepower, yeah, that's them. That's coming up later on the show with a bow on the go stop. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
3: Listening to KMOX
2: has never been easier.
4: Siri, play KMOX.
2: It's the voice of St. Louis, Camel My name is Bo Matthews. And, you know, we've been getting coronavirus updates for well over 100 days now. Uh, flatten the curve. Uh, what should we do? Wear gloves, wear masks. And then there's a, a group of people that think maybe this coronavirus thing isn't real at all. Maybe the COVID-19 is, is just a, a scam. I want to set you straight because, you know, as the cases and stories were coming up, little by little, uh, the first person I had heard about was somebody that was actually working here at the radio station. Uh, I I don't know the person because it's a big company here, but I had heard that they were put in the hospital and it was terrible. And then it got a little bit closer to home when another friend of mine uh, had their parent die from COVID-19. And now it's hit really close to home. My nephew, who is 36 years old, he uh, is a uh, construction guy, um, in Florida. His name is Matt. Uh, Matt is on the line right now and he was, uh, diagnosed, uh, positive for COVID-19. Uh, welcome to KMOX, Matt. How are you feeling today?
0: Back to normal for about a week now. Yep.
2: Okay. So before you got sick, um, your mindset was, eh, it's really not a big deal. Is that, is that where you, what you were thinking? Like a lot of people?
0: No, I I mean, I took it somewhat serious. There was a few places, you know, going out on job sites, I would just try to stay distant without wearing a mask. But for the most part, I was I was one of the people in the grocery stores and Restaurants and you know shopping places wearing masks and and
2: gloves and whatnot and and so then it started getting more serious. Matter of fact, uh, Florida faces a, a shortage of a certain medicine, remdesivir, I think, right now. Uh, but you guys have uh, just recently set a new one-day state virus death record of 156. Now it's been a couple of weeks since you were diagnosed positive for COVID-19, and I want to know. How bad was it? Was it, had you been sick like with the flu or a cold in your life that was worse than this or was this absolutely the worst thing you've ever gone through?
3: I would
0: say individually it was like, it it was like a combination of having a a, a bad flu and also like a bad sinus cold at the same time and I know some of those can run together but it was, it was like two sicknesses at the same time and it just,
5: individually
0: I could have handled them no problem but them together, it it wore me down and and the fatigue was probably the worst symptom out of all of it.
2: And uh, so you went in uh, on recommendation of family or friends to go get tested or or how did that come about?
0: I started feeling lower back pain and I just thought it was from, you know, working out or slept funny and and didn't think much of it for two days and then woke up um, two days later just drenched in sweat in bed and... You know, realized that something else was going on. My sinuses started acting up that day, and I thought I should call the doctor. So, I got a video appointment that afternoon uh, with my local doctor, and he said, you know, we ran through the symptoms I was experiencing at that time, and he said those were only combined symptoms of COVID. No other uh, virus would would give me all of this.
5: Wow. So I went
0: I went in the next day, and did the nasal swab you know, through a drive-through at one of the medical centers and uh, got results back
6: four days later, and they were positive.
2: And uh, would you say that, um, you know, some of the symptoms I've heard about was uh, high temperature? Were you taking your temperature on your own before?
0: I unfortunately did not have a thermometer at the time when I was experiencing the night sweats. Yeah. Um, the, the first few days I, ha- I, I had woke up that way, um, a couple times, and and could feel that I was overheating, but I didn't have a way to check my temperature. Um, so I, I, you know, I never did register a fever, but I, I experienced, you know, what a fever feels like.
2: Right. Me. And and the other thing that when we were texting after I found out you got it, uh, we were texting. You said it, you you felt like you had no smell or no taste, and that that is a real symptom, correct?
0: Uh, yeah, and I didn't realize that was a symptom. It was about four or five days into, uh, you know, past my onset of symptoms, and somebody had said that to me and, and said, hey, you know, what about your smell? I've heard if you got COVID, you can't smell anything. Um, so I went immediately in the bathroom, grabbed my uh, bottle of cologne and sprayed it on my wrist and went, you know, stuck it right up to my nose to smell it, and I couldn't smell it at all. Oh, my Literally gosh. No, No smell at all, which was shocking.
2: I bet you kind of freaked out on that, huh?
0: A little bit. It was weird. And it actually, it's, that's one thing that's not a hundred percent back to normal. And this is three and a half weeks uh, later. Um, I still have, I I, I can smell things again, but it's not nearly as strong as it was before I was, you know, sick.
2: On the phone is my nephew, Matt. He's a healthy 36 year old construction worker. I think your age and your health has got a lot to do with how you've come out of this thing on top because you you feel like you're almost 100 percent right now.
5: I do.
0: Yeah, body everything feels great. Sinuses are back to normal. Body aches are gone. Like I said, you know, a little bit of of uh, loss of smell um, right. still, but other than that, I'm I'm back to normal.
2: Man, oh man, I'm so glad you're okay. Um, have you have you known anybody else? I mean, because you're like you're like the first family member that I've known that had, had gotten it. Do you know other people that are around your circle that that you knew had it? Somebody at work or anybody?
0: I've heard of a you know a friend of a friend, but nobody directly you know related or connected to me in any way. Yeah, no, I ha- I really haven't.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what it was up until uh, I got word on you. Was that oh yeah, a friend of a friend? Or when it hits close to home, it it hits hard, and uh, it certainly hit you guys hard too down in Florida. Well, I'm I'm really glad you're okay. Is there is there anything you would have done differently? You know, because we're supposed to pay attention to our body. We're supposed to, you know, listen to our body. If we have a backache, like you mentioned, okay, it might be I slept weird. Uh, Is there anything you would have done differently for somebody that's listening that could be 35, 38 years old going, you know, I don't think I'm feeling too good. I mean, would you have done anything different?
0: I I mean, I think I was pretty cautious. Um, I ignored the backache only because I do work out regularly, and I thought that it was related to that. But, yeah, I would kind of watch every symptom if you have a lower back pain or a a weird little itch in your throat for a day it could you know it it could mean that uh you've got mild symptoms of covid
2: man oh you know what if if, you know if you're having trouble with that sense of smell uh my wife and i uh erica are huge fans of thai food i say you go get number five hot thai food and uh, that'll cut right through all that what do you think (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'll give it a try.
2: Okay, yeah, you do that. <laughs> All right, thanks for thanks for uh, updating me, man. I'm glad you're okay. All
0: right, thank you, I appreciate it.
2: That's a good guy right there, my my nephew Matt. All right, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned briefly about my drone fail. I bought a cheapo drone online. And my maiden voyage did not go so well. Well, actually, the drone flew perfectly. I just don't know where it went to. I mean, it just got a mind of its own and took off. Well, coming up, we're going to introduce you to a friend of mine who owns a company called St. Louis Drone Pros and get his perspective on where he began his career by flying drones professionally, kind of like last week when we talked to Christian Johnson from Respond AI. They're the they're the company that actually helps uh, military and uh, first responders uh, with some different programs with their professionally flown drones. Uh, David Gruber is my guest next on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX.
3: St. Louis's weather
2: station, KMOX. It is the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and you've uh, heard me drone on about my drone challenges, and I kind of gave you the update already a little bit earlier, but uh, I believe that the good Lord puts people in our path for uh, certain reasons, and I run into an old friend of mine, uh, David Gruber, photographer of St. Louis for many years. I run into him at the bank. And we start chatting, and he doesn't even realize it's me because I'm wearing a mask. He says, boy, uh, you, well, you sound like Bo Matthews, but you're a lot shorter than him. And this guy has f- uh, photographed me before. So anyway, that's how the conversation started. And then I find out his update on his business life is he owns a company called St. Louis Drone Pros. I'm like, dude, dude, I've got a maiden voyage planned for my drone that I bought online. And uh, it happened, and it failed miserably. David, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, both about yourself. I'm do I'm doing great. Now you've been a photographer for many years and it makes sense that you evolved into being a drone photographer, but I wanna go back to when you made that decision. Did somebody give you one as a gift and you played with it and crashed it like I did, or did you go at it like the right way and like be trained to to fly these things?
3: Well, I didn't crash mine on the first event. <laughs> uh, I did go about it the right way we did the certification got FA-107 licensed and went out and bought our first pro because we had clients uh, long story short I was photographing their building construction progress on a new building and the contractor builder them says do you do drone stuff and I said sure happy to handle it and uh, had never flown one before in my life, so. <laughs> oh
2: no you, you know what um, that's the right way to do business though You you <laughs> say yes and then you learn how to do it right
3: Yep. So actually I hired a guy temporarily who was doing it. And uh, while I had him get started, I went and bought my own and got acclimated and licensed and trained and comfortable flying it. And then we started going from there.
2: I got to believe I'm not alone on this island of uh, of crashing drones, but my wife gave me one. I think she may have bought it at Best Buy like six years ago. And I could go, it would fly up, it'd fly up really high, but then the wind would you know, take it, and it was about a foot and a half wide or a foot and a half square in size, and I crashed that a couple of times. I think I still even have it, but I was online on Facebook scrolling, and I see this great video, and it talked about drones that they're all pretty much made up of the same parts, but some you pay a lot of money for, and you don't really have to because they're all the same parts anyway. So I I, I took the hook, and I, I bought the thing online, and I saw the American flag on it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be the right deal. And as soon as I hit my PayPal button, my receipt came back, and it was in Chinese letters, and I was like, oh, man. So I knew I wasn't going to have anybody to call. Well, it finally arrived after like two and a half months. So my maiden voyage, I, I get it powered up. The batteries are up and I get it flying, it goes straight up, but then it starts drifting without me touching the controls, and so I dropped it back down to the ground, because there's a a, a home button that can drop it down. Right. You've never had one of these toy ones. You went straight to the professional grade.
3: I did. We went straight to those because of where we use it, and how we use it, and what our plans were, and we don't need to be dropping it down on construction workers or inside you know, a cement mixer
2: if we're flying over them. Ain't that the truth. Um, so yes. it, can I ask you where you went to go to get this this training, this professional training? Because I think I need it because I really do want to do this. I just the, the toy drone, by the way, I mentioned earlier on the show, is gone. It, it, it went up and then it just started flying on its own. And one of the things in the advertisement said, you have a 4.5-mile uh, radius that you can fly this thing. And that's not true. I only had like about 300 feet before it lost control.
3: Well, a lot of that depends on what your obstacles and avoidance are. I knew when I I flew my first one getting practice, I said, oh, I'm going to fly down here and shoot the hospital. It's about a mile and a half from my house. Didn't think that I was lower than where the hospital is and the houses and the tree lines and the obstacles and you start losing signal. And all of a sudden it's saying, <clears throat> we've lost signal, your drone is going to land. I'm going, no, it's not. It can't land wherever it just wants to. So we right. have to get it returned return to home, get it brought back, and uh, just be very cautious in making sure you have a good line of sight and a good transmission on your antenna to the uh, to the drone, and you should be in good shape.
2: Yeah, see, I'll be honest with you. When I got the, the, the very difficult uh, manual to understand... It said you had about 80 meters, and I did the math on online and it was like, I don't know, 300 feet is really all you can be away from this particular drone, from the controller to the actual drone. I don't know what they're saying that the four and a half miles thing was, but I thought I could take off and fly four miles away and still bring it back, but that's just not right. So on the professional style drone, can I ask you, what is a good price point to start at for anybody that's wanting to get a drone? Because obviously you get what you pay for. Very
3: uh, true i we fly a dji model it's called the mavic 2 pro and that's their most recent in the in that line it's got a 20 megapixel camera shoots hd video um all the optical controls we got the propeller blade protectors with ours we do some interior flying as well Uh, and those are always good to have interior since you generally use gps signal Uh, price wise by the time you get it equipped out, you're talking
2: $2,200. Oh, that's a far yeah. cry from my $100 I just threw away in the woods.
3: <laughs> I mean, the base drone itself is like 1500 and then we opted to go with the Spark controller rather than use our phone. So we have a separate controller that's dedicated and synchronized to the drone keeps the firmware matched up and keeps all your flight plans and recordings
2: and security stuff in there. Whoa. We're talking with David Gruber from St. Louis Drone Pros. Uh, they do commercial photography, aerial videography, all that good stuff. If you're looking for uh, you know, this kind of uh, coverage of whatever you're doing, this is the guy. This is the guy. So can I ask you, uh, the, from the controller that you have to your drone, how far can you be away from it? Or do you have to actually be seeing it uh, when it's in the sky?
3: Well, the our licensing is have to be within visual line of sight. Um, if I were sitting in the desert and nothing obstacle, it says it has a range up to eight miles. I've never tested it, probably never will.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, I I'm feel like such a fool. Um,
3: But we, we have flown it almost a mile away without any problems, without any objections.
2: How cool is that? No, and that's what I was after. I, I just wanted to be able to just go up and you know look around and you know see the see the 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 woods, uh, you know where I'm at. I mean, that it's just such a cool perspective because drones have really uh, shown us a lot. Um, they, you know, they've learned a lot about uh, uh, marine life. You know, that whales that they thought were all solo whales really do have from a, a, a birds eye view you they find out that you know they school together differently there's just so much you can learn from the sky um so david uh i i think i need to save my pennies to uh, to maybe uh, get up to speed to get uh something like you're talking about um did you train locally uh for your for your company
3: i i did here locally i tested locally it's basically uh you basically have to be a have to know the pilot stuff in the airport, the airport codes and your flight limits and how high you can go and what sectors, you know, the closer you are to an airport and get the processes in place so you can request your flights. Uh, Most of the time they're automated responses now and automated approvals as long as you're in the right flight zones. Right. Uh, But we flew out in Chesterfield by the spirit of St. Louis airport where they put in the new Maryville hockey arena out there. And that's called a zero fly zone. Which is a no-fly zone, and you have to get special permissions to be able to fly there. Be in contact with the tower while you're on the ground. Go up and down, and they can restrict you anytime they want to. So it's a it's a process, and uh, the testing's a couple hundred bucks and a couple hours of actual testing, probably 10 to 12 hours worth of studying, and uh,
2: you get it recertified every two years. And go back and take the testing and keep current. Wow, that's it, great information. It,
3: And they're changing the rules as we go. Of course. Um, It's gotten better, but they're also looking to put identifiers on all future drones where anybody and their brother can tell who's flying it.
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, I'll I'll be honest with you. I got so sucked into this uh, advertisement on Facebook because it had the the thing that if you have like a little, uh, uh, I don't know, a monitor or something on you, if you're on a dirt bike and you're out, you know, St. Joe State Park, you can have your drone follow you Um, And as you're riding, you know, whatever you're riding, your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, it'll follow you so you get that footage, which sounds really cool. Well, that's what it seemed like in this advertisement. So I'm like, this is perfect. And then it also had the return to home or return return to controller settings, so I thought. And that wasn't true. So be careful if you're listening and you're thinking, "Yeah, I want to, I want to get that drone I saw on Facebook." Just be careful. I'm not saying there's other, you know, other ones that are not legit. But the one I bought was a hundred bucks, another thirty bucks for an extra battery, and. Uh, well, the drone just, it went up on my second flight. It went up and it just flew off into the wild blue yonder. So you got to be careful or you do what you do, what smart people do. And just call David Gruber at St. Louis drone pros and let him do the footage for you. Uh, David, That's right. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Um, again, uh, you, you do a lot of stuff, insurance documentation, golf course, flyovers, commercial real estate, roof inspections. Um, ooh, could I hire you to come find my drone?
3: <laughs> That's, that is possible not practical but it is possible
2: <laughs> yeah i i searched I, I searched long and hard and i couldn't find it anyway uh david thank you so much for your time
3: you're more than welcome thank you boy i appreciate it and um, i'll get you with me and you can come out with me when we do a flight and show you how it's done okay
2: yeah before i pull the trigger on buying another one all right buddy thank you so much all right sir you take care The First Amendment of our Constitution is that we can gather peaceably and protest. Well, there is a new organization, or fairly new, called Protest That, and you'll be surprised at what they are protesting. We're going to talk with a guy that goes by the name C Sharp next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
6: News Radio 1120, KMOX, The Voice of the Cardinals.
2: It is the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and uh, we are seeing headlines like we've never seen before. And I have a man that goes by the name of C Sharp as my guest now to talk about an organization that is called Protest That. C Sharp, welcome to KMOX. How are you, sir? What's up, man? How are you doing? Well, the world is in turmoil, as you well know. What I would like to know is uh, how long has Protest That been around? Is it is it a brand new organization?
5: Well, we've been, we've been in coalition now for about a year. Uh, we assembled last year when 24 children were shot and killed in the city of St. Louis, and we felt like there wasn't a group that was coming together to talk about uh, what needed to change in the community to make it safer for children. So uh, we just took it upon ourselves to assemble and it's uh, just been able to evolve into different situations from there.
2: And do you feel that the reception uh, that you're getting from people that are, you know, learning of your organization or, or joining your organization, do you, do you feel that it's getting some good traction?
5: Definitely. I mean, um, a lot of the times, you know, people just need somebody brave enough just to kind of say what they're afraid to say yep. and uh, they'll back you up the whole way, but they just won't be vocal. So um you know in my life you know i've had to be very very vocal about things and i'm comfortable with the forefront and the spotlight and uh i know how to you know leave people who may not you know know what to do or what to say all the time so um i'm glad you know to be that platform for people
2: so i gotta i gotta ask you at the beginning of our conversation just a less than two minutes ago you you mentioned the children that are being killed in in the in the city and it's heartbreaking. And, of course, every day we're hearing that Black Lives Matter is not about the black-on-black black crime. It's it's really about the police brutality thing. So Black Lives Matter is different than what you're doing.
5: I believe that at first, at first it started about black lives, genuinely. Um, it started about the treatment of African-American people and uh, systemic issues, and especially dealing the law enforcement. But now I think it's uh, subjecting itself to just this instance here. And maybe it's because of the lack of African-American participation. Right. Maybe it's because of the lack of African-American involvement. You know, I I have the conversation with people all the time that, do you want to know why people remember the Million Man March? It's because there was a million black people in the streets. Right. Never seen anything like it before. So with this one right here, I think because there's not a large African-American presence, that, you know, you have to subject it to certain things. So, yeah, it blew my mind when I heard that, too.
2: Well, and and I understand. I think it was uh, a was Terry Crews that said... He understands yeah. the sentiment of Black Lives Matter. The sentiment of it is yeah. is that Black Lives Matter. That then a lot of people will say all lives matter, but that's again uh, taken wrong in so many ways. But yeah. the but the mission of the organization of Black Lives Matter, it's two different things. The sentiment in the organization yeah. is two different things. It, maybe maybe you could shed some light on uh, what you're talking about with protests that and how different that's going to be for people that will maybe see you. Uh, protesting or that may want to join you to protest.
5: Okay. Well, uh with all due respect, you know, I am an African American man and I do understand that there does need to be a reform in the way that police deal with um African American people out in the streets. So let me let me be clear with that. Sure. But secondly, uh protest that is just kind of like the complete opposite of Black Lives Matter. Like it's about the crime that's happening in the black community it's about the crime that's happening to black children it's about the crime that you find a lot of african-american people in or subjected to so um this some. this is what you know people would believe black lives matter should be about right this is about this is this is more internal you know let's say if there is an external fight you know, ours is an internal fight. When when children are being shot and killed, there should be a group of people coming together to protest that. Okay. When you have 123 or 29 homicides in seven months, there should be a group of people to assemble themselves to protest that. And and that's the that's the line that we're going down. It's more of an internal accountability because
2: We're talking with C Sharp. He is from Protest That an organization that's about a year old and really wanting to get to the bottom of the crimes that we're seeing the killings of of small children can you shed any light on on how how these killings are happening is it just simply there's just no value in life and that these these criminals that are going around doing these shootings that they just don't care, or is are these children being targeted? I mean, it it almost feels like that, doesn't it?
5: A lot of the stray bullets, a lot of the um, you know escalated confrontations, a lot of that um, mistaken identity, you know, can take place when you just got people walking around with guns. Right. And um, you know, it's unfortunate now that we have more. Uh, sympathy and empathy for those who kill and seek and destroy than those who are victimized and those who are pulled away from their families. You know, um, they, they they say that there's two victims, you know, and BLM will say that there's two victims there, and I only see one victim, you know. So protest back is there for the person that we lost. And and, and as far as how the killing are happening, there's so many instances, man, there's so many ways uh, so many situations that you would say, "I can't believe that that's the value of somebody's life."
2: Exactly. But, There's no value.
5: But nowadays, um, we don't have any. We don't have a, a very good response after homicides happen in our city, and we got to change
2: that. You know, I, before talking to you, I had the I had the thought of the the mantra, which is, uh, "Snitches get stitches." You've heard that before. Everybody knows that phrase, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wonder, because so many people know the bad guys that are doing these, you know, these random killings, and, and this is why we have over 100 killings so far this year. It's heartbreaking. I wonder if an idea of snitches get riches, and I'm not being funny here, snitches get riches, meaning it could be a reward fund for people to turn in bad people that are committing these kind of atrocities, uh, on our, on our children and on our families. I mean, when you hear of a mother being shot in the head, it, it just, it breaks your heart when you see that in the news. It's like, why is this happening? What are the, what are people so angry about? It just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
5: I think that there's already a, uh, a mechanism like that with, uh, Clawstoppers, you know, where they give rewards and stuff like that for uh, things that lead to an arrest.
2: That's a good and point. You
5: got a lot of people, and you got a lot of people that uh, do not want to get rich because they don't have anywhere else to go. Right. You know, and when they when they you know get a twenty thousand dollar reward, you know, you're just going to put them back around poverty and despair. You know. uh so,
2: You know what? And I didn't think my process all the way through, so I'm glad you said that. I really am, C sharp.
5: And that's the dialogue is for, man. You know, but at, at the end of the day, um, snitching is when, okay, Bo, so me and you rob the bank, okay? And we get split up in an interrogation room, and detectives come to me and say, your partner snitched on me. You told me everything. Right. You know, so, so either you can give me your side of the story or, you know, even go to jail, you know, not knowing that. They're trying to get the information out of you. You know, you can't be a part of the crime and then put all the blame on somebody else. 100%. I
2: agree with you 100%. That's
5: that's snitching. Okay, now, when, when something is wrong and something happens in your community that you know is morally wrong, how can you feel like you're a snitch, you know, for doing the right thing?
2: The Crime Stoppers arm of of law enforcement, or or trying to you know solve these crimes, is is a very important tool for that. And when I say snitches get riches, I don't mean to be I don't mean that they become wealthy like a lottery winner. I'm just saying that they should get some kind of a re- reward for trying to do good for the community. Man, we've got to yeah. stop it somewhere, and that's where protest that mm. says. Uh, you guys can make a difference. So, is there something that people can grasp onto? Can they contact you if they want to get behind you because they want to include uh, all Black Lives Matters? Uh, you know, and, and not the not the 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 group, but you know, the sentiment yeah. of what you guys are after.
5: You know, I, I'm very I'm really, very really active on Facebook. Um, you can search my name Cedric Redmond C E D R I C R E D M O N or you can just search C-sharp, c, sharp, c dash, S-H-A-R-P, or you can type in hashtag protest that, and you'll be able to get a, 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 an idea of our content and, you know, the things that we're trying to bring to the table and, and establish in the community. One thing I would like to let everyone know while I have this opportunity is that we have introduced a technology that can help solve or deter some of the homicides in the city of St. Louis. It's called the Community Support Program, which is an aerial surveillance technology to help lift every blind eye out of the city of St. Louis, giving a pixelized image of how some of these scenes played out, using our ground cameras to help identify and add accuracy and proximity to the ground cameras that we already have in place. So we're not just a protest group that's out there uh uh staking our claim and and, and giving out and, and raising our voice we actually have a solution that has been uh considered by public safety considered by the mayor's administration and uh just recently crossed the resol- passed a resolution out the board of aldermen so we've got some traction on something that we think can help us get underneath the 100 homicides one year
2: and do you think this could be copied in other major cities or is it being copied in other major cities
5: Right now, Baltimore is the only other city that's utilizing it, and it's and it's no it's no cost to taxpayers. It's a completely free donation by the uh, Alfred, not the Alfred, but the Arnold Venture Foundation. So uh, it's not going to cost us a dime to try it, and that's why we're behind it.
2: And I think you're getting that kind of support because a lot of people want the killings to stop.
5: Yeah, yeah, what? that's the goal, man. That's the goal. It's got to be the goal. We we want to see the number drop you know there's been a lot of people have given individual efforts and uh, mass organization and and giving back but unfortunately we haven't seen the number drop right so hopefully this could be the apparatus that helps us make the number drop
2: everybody's looking for answers c-sharp and at least you're willing to come up with ideas And so I thank you very much for your time. I want to keep your number. Let's stay in touch. And if there's ever any information you want to get out there, please get a hold of me because I want to be able to help you get that word out, okay? I got
5: you, man. I appreciate
2: that. All right. Look for Cedric Redman on Facebook or C-Sharp to find out more about Protest That. Well, one of the big changes that we've gone through in these strange times is a, a favorite pastime of even my wife and I to go out on a date, go get a big barrel of popcorn and a big soda pop and sit back at a movie theater at the uh, Cineplex or whatever you want to call it and enjoy ourselves. And that whole industry has changed. however. There is a couple in St. Louis that wants to open a micro-cinema. Ever heard of such a thing? You'll hear about it next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and you know there's always something to do in the Lou. And even though we've got different restrictions that we all have to live by, it certainly is nice to at least know that efforts are being made to make sure that you have some cool things to see when you are feeling comfortable enough to get out to do that. And if, uh, you have ever heard, I've honestly, I've never heard of a micro cinema other than in my house. We have a TV room, but I think this is a lot different. Please welcome to KMOX. We've got Keith Watson and Sarah Baraba. Is that right? Baraba? Baraba.
4: It's Barabaugh. <laughs>
2: Sarah, how about Sarah and Keith? How are you guys?
6: We're doing really well. How are you? <laughs> I'm
2: good. Okay, so let me officially welcome you to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Your first-time entrepreneurs in this effort for a micro-cinema. And the Arcadian Cinema and Bar is going to be a very first in St. Louis to open in the Bevo location at some point. And are we getting close? Let's get to that question for are we getting close to opening? Uh,
6: Kind of. We were very close until the virus hit. Um, We were just kind of waiting for some I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed on our loan application and then, of course, uh, things went into shutdown mode. So, at this point, we're kind of playing it by ear because we need to do some construction in the space that we have. Uh, So, we're kind of waiting for timing to figure out when it's going to be right, when we know things are probably going to be opening up and not, you know, pulling back. So. It's a little bit up in the air, but we're hoping sometime within, certainly within the next year, if things improve, that we'll we'll be open.
2: Well, we are all seeing headlines that were probably shocking you as well as me every single day. But when the theaters closed down, the big theaters, the big, you know, big company theaters started to close down, I'm like, oh, my goodness and then they move to you know getting those brand new movie releases directly to your TV at home and your in your theater room or whatever uh you know every company is having to bob and weave but what i want to know from you guys is where did you get this idea of a micro cinema and knowing that it is not in your basement it's not your theater room it's it's actually a place people are going to go on dates to correct uh
6: yeah we hope so uh, yeah, so we have a space, it's just a block and a half or so from the Bevo windmill, uh, so people know that location. Yeah, We really got the idea when we were in, we lived in the D.C. area for about five and a half years, and while we were there, there was a place that opened up called Sun Cinema, and they opened up in what used to be an old... Uh, cell phone shop, uh, like a mobile place. Okay, that gives really, us an idea of really what the
2: size is. That's good. That's good.
6: Yeah, very small location, even smaller than what we have. And they're basically just a bar, and they have a, a screen on one side and a projector, and they you know sell tickets. You usually want one movie a night, something like that. And people basically just kind of sit in the bar, hang out, watch the movie, and they can show – you know, they show a wide variety of things—new things, old things, cult movies, classic movies, uh, independent documentaries. You know, a, a full range. Yeah. So we really felt like this was a very cool idea and something that would really work well in St. Louis and that people would really like.
2: So I presume that uh, that Sarah, that he, uh, that Keith took you on dates to this place in D.C. <laughs>
4: a few times. Yeah. Yes,
6: for sure.
2: <laughs> but when did you look at him and go, I think we should do this too?
6: It was more when we moved back. We moved back about, I don't know, two years ago now. Okay. And um, the, there's a lot of different offerings cinematically in D.C. We're big you know, movie buffs. We love going out to the movies in different places. And I think we kind of looked around and just felt like this would be, there are different things like the Webster Film Series or Late Night Grindhouse these kind of little, little pockets of things. And we felt like we, a place that would kind of bring all of these different little film loving communities together in one spot would really work. And it would work on that model that we knew uh, from DC.
2: So, so even looking at like uh, the Tivoli, that's, that's like more big business compared to what you guys are offering with your micro cinema, correct?
6: Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah,
4: absolutely. When, when we open, we hope to see between about 30 and 40 people right now, um, the location that we purchased last October has two storefronts. One side will be converting into the cinema, which like I said, will have about 30 or 40 seats. And the other side will be a bar and lounge where hopefully people can hang out and discuss the movies afterwards.
2: Okay. And you know what, I'd, I'd love to know what idea you have for concessions. Is it your typical popcorn and soda pop? Or are you thinking, uh, wines from the area or what, what are you guys thinking for that offering?
6: Yeah, and I think it'll definitely be. Uh, it's going to be a full a full bar, so you know we'll have drinks and beer and wine and and all that kind of thing. I think that will be the main kind of focus. It's more of an adult-oriented type of business, uh, but we also plan to have, you know, uh, candy and popcorn and that kind of the, your traditional snack right, as well. Right.
2: Right. And this will be an all-ages venue. Would you say?
6: I think it will be all ages, yes. Or,
2: um, or films, right. f- film specific, probably because if you run a, you know, a French foreign film, it, it may be, you know, I mean, not a lot of twelve-year-olds probably want to go see that, right?
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it will. There will be a self-selection process that happens, but definitely we plan to do some family showings, especially on kind of during the days on the weekend. I think. Uh, you know, that will
2: be kind of a focus. Oh, man, St. Louis is so in need to get out of the house and stop staring at these same four walls. Uh, we've got <laughs> Keith, Keith and Sarah from Arcaden Cinema and Bar. That's going to be opening at some point, hopefully in the very near future, at 5228 Gravoy Avenue. Um, I, I do want to ask you: uh, You guys are do you like just going to the movies in general, whether it's a micro cinema or a regular big theater? Have you always enjoyed doing that together, or is it you, you like more more of the eclectic stuff?
6: Uh, I think we like the full range of movies. So, yeah, we like going to the multiplex and seeing, you know, brand new big budget releases. Yeah. We like going to small little places or, uh, you know, anywhere and seeing obscure stuff, too. So right. we kind of run the full gamut, I think.
2: So have you guys uh, have you guys done the five-star lounge thing where you can order chicken legs and or chicken wings and uh, stuff like that, real food, and they bring it to you while you're watching the movie? Have you done that?
6: Uh, I've been to places
2: like that, yes. I don't like it. I'll be honest with you. I don't like it. I don't. Yeah. It, it's kind of yeah. like going to a comedy show, and, uh, you yeah. know, the last 15 minutes of the show, you know, the headliner's up there doing his thing, and the waitresses and the servers are trying to get everything settled up. I'm like, hold on, hold on. You're interrupting me. Let me pause this movie at the five-star line. I just—it's not my cup of tea. I'd rather choke down a barrel of popcorn instead of having, you know, a server, you know, bring me stuff throughout the time. I mean, it's— the idea is there, but if I can't pause the movie, I'm out, you know?
6: Yeah. Well, we're glad to hear you say that. Cause that's definitely not our plan for it. We're not <laughs> planning to have servers come in and out and having full meals and that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> we do want people to, to kind of be having uh, uh, a viewing experience where they can focus on the movie. It's not going to be like people just getting up and down all the time and, and that kind of thing, which I agree is is very distracting.
2: Well, great article in the Riverfront Times back in October of last year about you two, both smiling faces, you look like you're excited, and then, boom, a sucker punch to the gut with the coronavirus. Uh, I'm yeah. I, I, you know, I'm so sorry you're having to go through this, but there's a reason for everything. Uh, I, I do want to know, though, uh, the Arcaden Cinema and Bar, do you have an idea of what your very first movie is that you want to show? We get
4: asked that question a lot. Um, we have a lot of different ideas. Um, we're thinking that it might be something, um, in the catalog of Orson Welles, who's the namesake of our cinema. Oh boy. But, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, I, 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 are you talking like, uh, maybe even, uh, uh, oh gosh, George Orwell too. I mean, like, uh, how far back do you go or, or, you know, do you go back to silent films or will it be, you know, the, the movie talkie pictures? Are you, are you limiting yourself or no?
4: We are not limiting ourselves or discriminating against any film.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: well said, yeah, Sarah. I mean,
4: we're, we're open to showing anything. Um, some of our favorite movies are silent films. So we're actually really excited to um, get St. Louis access to some of these silent films that living in D.C., we um, were fortunate enough to get access to through on um, the museums up there. And we actually lived right down the street from the um, American Film Institute. So we were there probably Every time, every weekend, seeing movies.
2: Well, you me- you mentioned uh, Orson Welles. Uh, explain the where the namesake comes from. Arcaden is what?
4: So
6: Arkadin comes from one of the more obscure Orson Welles movies called Mister Arcaden, and it was um, actually cut into a bunch of different versions, and there are different titles, including Confidential Report. Okay, uh, but it, it's a kind of a mystery thriller, very strange and interesting movie. And we kind of liked the air of, um, sort of mystery that it had about it. And that it kind of sounded a little bit like an old timey movie theater or cotton, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. That,
6: that's kind of why we landed on it. We okay. just love, uh, Orson Welles and, you know, his spirit and stuff kind of, uh, uh, I think flows through what we're trying to do.
2: I think of the word archaic when I see our cotton, you know, just that uh, mm. old stuff. But anyway.
6: Great. And what we can say is that we are uh, currently doing screenings on our back lot in conjunction with the bar next door called The Heavy Anchor. Uh, so we have a schedule of films that we're uh, showing uh so if you want to find out what's showing when you can go to our website our cottoncinema.com that's a r k a d i n cinema.com uh, we'll, we'll be showing uh, this summer Do the Right Thing, the horror movie Sleepaway Camp, uh, Bad News Bears, the Walter Matthau comedy, and <laughs> and also, and also uh, Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson
2: movie. Okay, might be a date night for my wife and myself as well, uh, and for you yes, guys please. as well. Keith and Sarah, congratulations on this idea. Thank you for trying to do something cool in St. Louis. We need more idea people like you, more entrepreneurs like you, and, uh, and thanks for loving St. Louis enough to do it.
6: Absolutely. We're happy about it.
2: Well, St. Louis is famous for a lot of things, including one of the best and biggest Susan G. Komen races for the cure. Well, of course, with the pandemic going on, what is going on with that race? And I bring that up because I heard some very sad news that John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston, passed away last week of a two-year battle with breast cancer. We'll talk about that, the status of the Susan G. Komen race for the cure, and more next on The Voice of St. Louis KMOX.
3: Listening to KMOX has never been easier.
4: Siri, play KMOX.
2: Breast cancer in and amongst all the headlines we see is still a vicious disease claiming the life of Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston had passed away of a two-year battle with breast cancer, and she kept it very, very private. And as soon as I saw this headline, of course, you know, Hollywood star, you know, wife of John Travolta, It. anytime I hear of somebody losing their battle with breast cancer, it hits so close to home because uh, my mom passed away when she was 40 years old, uh, single mother of two, business owner. Uh, she just was so busy that she just didn't go in to get a mammogram. And I truly believe to this day, had she gone in – and had early detection of that breast cancer, she'd be alive today. But uh, she is not, and now the story of Kelly Preston is just so heartbreaking. Uh, because you know, of course, they're a public, you know, couple. You know, they know them. They've had tragedy in their life. But uh, John Travolta, her husband of almost 29 years, shared the devastating news on Instagram, and he says, "It is with a very heavy heart that I inform you that my beautiful wife Kelly has lost her two-year battle with breast cancer." And I didn't even know that. Did you know that? It was, it was a very private situation. He goes on to say she fought a courageous fight with the love and support of so many. My family and I will forever be grateful to her doctors and nurses at MD Anderson Cancer Center, all the medical centers that have helped, as well as her many friends and loved ones who have been by her side. Kelly's love and life will always be remembered. That's uh, the words of John Travolta, her husband, now widower, of uh, almost 29 years just so sad of course if you remember back uh, some years ago they lost their son and when i heard of this story i thought well i i know that they're scientologists and i know scientologists don't embrace uh medical uh you know attention or medical doctors i guess somehow some way they got a pass so they could aggressively fight this with you know current day medicine But it just proves that the fight continues against this horrible, horrible disease that's taken my mom and so many friends of mine over the years, and it really does come down to early detection. That is probably the most important. Of course, when you think of breast cancer, you think of the Sea of Pink walking in downtown St. Louis with the uh, Komen Race for the Cure. That's been going on for years here, and St. Louis has gotten behind this fight uh, to end breast cancer uh, for so many years with record-breaking numbers of people showing up. Well, Sunday, October 4th is uh, when they have designated they are going to be doing Walk Where You Are. It's the Susan G. Komen More Than Pink Walk for the breast cancer research to continue. So I went on to Susan G. Komen's website to find out that they are still doing this. It's basically a virtual uh, a virtual walk to raise funds to continue the fight. And so you can go on to their website to find out more. If you've been a part of the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure in the past, of course you want to know more. You want to be a part of this. You want to support those that have either passed or are fighting breast cancer right now. And the special announcement that is on their website says Although the event is virtual and registration is free, in order for us to find the cures, it is still important that you register and commit to fundraising. We need to fight together now more than ever. And their goal for this year is $325,000, uh, but the, they so far have over 137,000 raised. So hopefully I'm getting your attention uh, to, to maybe get involved this way. We may not see the sea of, uh, sea of people dressed in pink in support of the fight against breast cancer but there's still a way we're all having to adjust and move and and you know and get through this pandemic we're going through but there's still a way that you can help so if you've done fundraising in the past i'm sure it would be much appreciated from susan g komen i know it would be much appreciated from me and my family as well and again losing my mom i was 18 my sister was 21 and my mom was 40. And it's just so young. It's just too young. She she missed half of her life, and I just don't want that to happen to anybody else. Uh, and again, I I mentioned to you about early detection. That is so important. And I simply did a Google search. Right, go to Google, punch in free mammograms, and for the state of Missouri. Uh, the first website I clicked on was freemammograms.org, and they say on there that they've done their best to scour the Internet, nonprofit organizations, yellow pages, medical websites, to find the most complete list of free medical clinics on the internet and they do their best to find all of the free clinics uh, that they can find and provide them for you and actually it's not just for Missouri freemammograms.org has a a list of every state and every location uh, that you can go to in whatever town you are in this area in the St. Louis bi-state area there are plenty of places where you can go and get a free mammogram again I stress to you you don't want to go through it alone and uh, early detection is key you don't want to. You don't want to just be too busy like my mom was. I mean, she was running a business, raising two kids, and she just kept putting it off and putting it off. And she was scared to do it that very first time, I know. And when she finally went, she fought and she fought the good fight, but it just wasn't enough. So, uh, to, to look out for yourself and look out for your family, uh, I suggest go to freemammograms.org. My name is Bo Matthews, and we have more on the show. Matter of fact, uh, just got a text from my sister down in Florida that she has been tested positive for COVID-19. Earlier in the show, we talked to my nephew, and now uh, we've got uh, my sister on the line on the uh, Quiver River electric guest line. We're going to talk to her next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
6: Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes, mornings, and afternoons on St. Louis's news radio, KMOX.
2: It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and earlier in the program, I talked to my nephew, who's a 36-year-old healthy man who actually was tested positive for COVID-19, and he's on the other side of it. So he's healthy, he's back to 100%, he's feeling good. And during the show, I get a text from my sister who had been ill uh, and had some kind of symptoms, but the text says she had tested positive, so I want to get her on the phone. Her name's Jody. She's a, a few years older than me. But I still consider her my little sis because she's like a foot shorter than I am. Uh, so, welcome to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line, Jody. How are you? Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm good. So this th-
2: this is true, though you 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 had you had been tested positive for COVID nineteen, and uh, are you feeling any better? I mean, what what's going on with you? I
1: am. I'm doing a lot better. Thank you. Um, symptoms started uh, two weeks ago, actually tonight. Um, with some chills and just not feeling good, um, very tired. And by the next day, Friday, I was full blown eight days straight sleeping around the clock.
2: And uh, so, did you? Did you think, oh, it was just a cold or a flu, or was it was COVID in your in your head that it it could be?
1: No, it was in my head. I I was textbook. I lost my taste. I lost my smell. I um, have no appetite, had the body aches, the chills, um, heaviness in my chest, and absolutely just no
5: energy at all.
2: Well, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're talking to me because uh, as when I was talking with Matt, I was telling him that there are some people that believe that this whole thing is a sham, it's not real, and, and you know, everywhere I go, I'm wearing a mask. You know, when we first started this thing 100 days ago or 100 days plus now ago, you know, people were wearing gloves, they were wearing the masks, and then people kind of got relaxed and stopped wearing the mask. Or even me, I'd sit out in front of a store and see how many people were going in with masks. And now that's all we're hearing about is wear your mask, wear your mask. Um, did When when they diagnosed you as positive co- for COVID-19, did they give you any kind of medication? Because we've been, you know, hearing about all these things, uh, chloroquine and uh, Remnizovic or whatever it's called. I mean, all these things. Did they give you any prescription at all?
1: No, they did not. They said just to use the over-the-counter, um, like Tylenol, um, cold and flu, NyQuil, um, the Mucinex severe, cold and flu. Really? Um, day and, night. and I literally, I lived off that um, in orange juice for eight days around the clock. I think day nine I started to feel a little tiny bit better where I could actually stay up and live part of the day.
2: Oh my goodness. And, and you're working yeah. remotely like a lot of Americans are right now, even myself, you're working remotely still. Uh, did you take any like days off where you could just chill out?
1: Um, the only two, the first two days, um, the Monday and the Tuesday. Um, so on day four and five, um, of the symptoms, I was not working, and then I was set up um, Tuesday evening remotely, and I started on Wednesday.
2: And how's that working out for you as far as working remotely?
1: Um, Remotely, it's been fine. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of last week, as soon as I was done with my shift, uh, which is, it was 8 to 4.30, I didn't even get off the couch. I turned the computer off and went right to sleep,
2: passed
1: out
5: of the shop, done.
2: Well, I know that you have uh, a little, uh, a little fuzzy, four-legged uh, friend. How's, uh, how's, your, how's your dog doing through this whole thing?
1: Honey's doing great. That did scare me um, because I did hear that um, you can uh, pass it to your your animals, um, your pets, and of course, she hasn't left my side.
2: Yeah, there, um, there's been a couple of those. There's been a couple of those stories that have popped out. A cat got it. A dog got it, or whatever. But I, I, as far as taking care of Honey, your four-legged friend, mm-hmm. I, you, I mean, you take it. You take her on long walks usually. I mean, over the years, you've taken her on long walks. How did you deal with that with her?
1: She gets. <laughs> she goes to the bottom of the stairs and does her thing, and then back upstairs. I'm she. <laughs> up.
2: she knows. Cool. She knows. Mommy wants to chill out on the couch. <laughs> yeah.
1: She you knows. There's. There's been no walks. I think we're going to get to start walks tomorrow. I'm going to be on day 14 now and I'm feeling almost completely human again thank God and I'm planning on returning to work uh in office on Monday obviously masked um at all times and
2: yeah I think the weirdest part about working remotely is just not being around people so when when you do go to the store and you're around people it's almost like a shock to your system do you ever feel that absolutely (laughs) We're, humans are are people. We, we you know we're animals. We like to you know we like to get together. We like to you know be around people. We're you know we're social people, and social yep. distancing is like an oxymoron. It, it 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 that that's the opposite word, Social and distance. That it doesn't even make any sense to me.
5: It doesn't
1: even make sense. No. <laughs> Our whole lives have parents, That's for
2: sure. Well, me just for getting. Months me just getting this word that you were absolutely diagnosed positive for COVID nineteen. Th- this is a problem for my text sister because usually I get a text from you once in a while. We need to talk a little bit more. Yes,
1: we do.
2: Pack your bags. I'm putting you on a guilt trip. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm glad. You know, it's overdue. That's for sure. It is, but I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're doing better, and I'm glad you're you know on the other side and on the mend. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it's scary because, you know, Florida, you're down in Florida and Florida headlines are, you know, a biggest, you know, loss of human life from COVID just in this past week. It's been, it's been very scary.
1: It is scary and it's not a joke and it's not a hoax and it's not, it's not any kind of virus or flu bug like anything before. This is, this is really, really a scary virus. It's scary because Anything can
2: happen. Well, I think the scariest part is, you know, for the people that I've known that have had family that have been admitted to a hospital, which you were not, thank goodness, uh, because you're young and you're healthy. But, you know, the scariest part is when you go in the hospital, You, I had a friend drop his, his wife off and they wouldn't let him in. They just took her and and put her in the hospital. He couldn't even be with her, couldn't, couldn't you know, help her, couldn't talk to her, couldn't hold her hand. And so exactly. that's the frightening part, the, the social distancing. Yeah, exactly. I
1: agree.
2: Well, uh, I'm glad you're doing better, and uh, you'll be back in the office soon, maybe? On Monday. Good for you. Good for you. I'm excited. Well, uh, I love you, and I'm glad you're okay. And uh, again, seriously, this is a serious thing. I'll ask you the same question I asked your son in the last hour. Had you ever been this kind of sick before in your life, with a cold, a flu, or anything like that?
1: Never. Never.
2: This this was a wall.
1: There's nothing to even compare it to.
2: Never. Mm. Like an elephant sitting on your chest, right? Absolutely. Jeez. Okay, Jody. Thank you for your time. Thanks for letting me put you on the radio. Oh my goodness. Thanks. Oh,
1: I love you. <laughs> and
2: I'll see you soon. Uh, okay, I'm gonna hold you to that. I love you. <laughs> Stay
1: safe.
2: And that is my little sister, older but shorter, little sister, get it, on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Now, I don't want you to go anywhere because coming up next, a special opportunity that I had at a little hideaway uh, performance shop in Jefferson County, a bow-on-the-go stop, is next on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Countdown to the Cardinals 2020 season is on. Friday, July 24th, opening day at Bush Stadium. The Cards. The Pirates. We're ready. Are you? It starts all over again. We're going to enjoy it again. The voice of the St. Louis Cardinals is KMOX. I've been
3: everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man.
2: This like is the I voice can. of St. Louis KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and I have found myself in the really back no alley kind of fun feel fun of Jefferson County. If you know where the the... If you know where the Dobbs headquarters is on Little Brennan Road, you go back about another mile or so, you're going to find a bunch of automotive and industrial area, and Morley Performance is where I'm standing right now. And through a friend of a friend, I knew that they do big work and good work and custom work. I thought, you know what, I want to meet the guy. So one of the owners is Dave Smith, and he is uh, one of the owners here at Morley Performance. Welcome to KMRX. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Okay, how long you been a motorhead?
7: Oh gosh! All my life, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, and so you guys, Morley. Performance has been in this. What is this industrial plaza called?
7: Uh, Lark Industrial.
2: Okay. How long has this place been here? We've been here since 2007. Okay. Since 2007, you've been here since the original?
7: No, I came in 2015.
2: Okay. And then you and another guy bought the place and businesses weren't. It's amazing how busy you guys are because everything's in isolation mode, right?
7: Yeah, yeah. We've stayed really busy throughout the entire thing.
2: Would you say some of these jobs are uh, stimulus money jobs? I don't know so much stimulus
7: money. (laughs) I would say. uh, Is that rude, sorry, Adam? No, no, no. It's uh, I would say that uh, just enough work to keep us busy.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and how how far out? Like if I wanted to get something done. How long is it to get into your shop? Because you're not like a regular repair shop.
7: Yeah, no. Right now, our appointments are starting in mid-August.
2: Wow. Okay. And what? What's your? What do people mainly come here to Morley Performance for?
7: Well, we. I mean, we do a array of different things. We full service engine building uh, machine shop. We do custom work on street rides, hot rides, race cars. Um, it's just just about anything. You're pretty much your one-stop hot rod shop.
2: So on street stuff and off street. You like the, you like work on the motors that run the dirt tracks around here too.
7: Uh, we used to do a whole lot of them. I've uh, tapered off a little bit, but occasionally we still do some.
2: Okay. What's your favorite job that you've done since you've been here? Something that pops out of your mind? It was somebody from. And it, I gotta believe that your uh, your um, reputation has gone way beyond St. Louis, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We've got engines in several different states. Can you name drop? Um ever have a Jay Leno walk through the door? Oh no, we haven't had any Jay Lenos. <laughs> well, there's only one. You can't fit his chin through the door. Oh, sorry, Jay. Um but but what is your like favorite part of this owning this company? Is it is it just taking like a, a like an old car and just putting a massive motor in it? Um really my favorite part of this job is uh taking
7: something and making something else out of it and when somebody picks up their car they're really excited about it
2: do you find that uh like i have an old 79 firebird right and it was my mom's i'll have it forever and i know from a friend of a friend uh he's talked to you about my car is there more value in keeping the original motor or no not at all. <laughs> okay, at well, all. see, you learn something new every day on a bow and a go stop. No, we've we found that people
7: uh, actually get more money for a car that's been retro to modern technology. Uh, and they can hop in it and drive anywhere they want to go. Go across the country. Have air conditioning. Have this. Have cruise control. Um, they want to. They want a car like you can go to the lot and buy, but they want it in an old package. Yeah. Um, and they seem to sell way better than what the uh, some of the you know not so popular. Numbers matching vehicles go okay, for okay.
2: Okay, because my my original motor is a little 301 two barrel. Mm-hmm. It's a dog, but I love the car. My mom was a huge Jim Rockford fan, and it looks it looked just like his car way back in the day. And then I found myself on M Highway, and this like I don't know Grand Prix something hoopty pulled up next to me, <laughs> and I and I looked good. I looked my car looked so good, and he started messing with me. So what did I do? I jumped on the gas. You know what happened? I, my tail went between my legs. It was so sad.
7: Yeah, we can fix that.
2: <laughs> I bet you can. <laughs> I bet you can. Uh, what, what's some of the, you have a Cushman uh, scooter here. Is that a private project, or somebody called you about that?
7: No, actually, that was my grandfather's. I acquired that when he passed away. Oh, man, I'm sorry to a, hear about the loss. Oh, it's it's okay. It's, uh, it's going to be a project that we put together and make kind of really cool. So, so
2: you work on more than just cars and trucks?
7: Oh, yeah, we kind of work on all kinds of different things. Boat motors? Yeah, oh, yeah, we built boat motors. What? Yeah.
2: We are talking with Dave Smith, one of the owners of Morley Performance. Uh, the legacy is built quickly because you only opened in 2007, uh, but it's growing. What are some of the projects you can talk about right now? And I want to hear a motor run on this on this bow and the Go Stop too. We got we got to show the people listening to KMOX. It's serious here.
7: Oh yeah, well we've got uh, we've, you know, we've got an '87 Cutlass 442 here. We're doing some work on. I've got a '68 Camaro drag car that we're turning into kind of pro street deal where he can drive it on the street. Um, Just finished a 69 Camaro, LS swap, supercharged LS, 700 horsepower deal. Um,
2: Okay, so the LS swap, that's a common phrase. How easy is it to put like an LS? uh, uh, What's an LS swap? You take out the old motor, you put in a factory new one or a factory manufactured one?
7: Um, Usually we build the motor here um, to however the customer decides that whatever their specs are, what their wishes are, Mm -hmm. and uh, we put it in the car.
2: Why do you think the Midwest is such a hotbed for great shops like you guys?
7: It's just becoming more and more popular. People uh, that you know want their cars, a lot of them don't know what to do with their cars, so right. they take it to somebody that has got a little more experience than they do
2: in your shop uh for instance uh okay so the my friend that introduced me to you uh standing nearby is actually working on electronics so you got an old come here brian come here you got a, you got an old vehicle you're working on but you're putting a push start like like you jump into a 2020 suv and push start something but you want to what's the vehicle you're putting it in oh that
3: was that 69 when it? Uh, <laughs> <So, laughs> it becomes a blur after a while okay
2: so so you're literally so there's going to be no more key Uh, Now that one has a transmitter. (laughs) Is there door handles on this one? Oh, yeah, it's got door handles. Okay, okay. Along with the key fob. I know those are all options now that you can get rid of. Uh, So if you've got an old, I don't know, an old car that's just, you know, sitting in your garage like mine, and you're thinking, I want to put a big motor in it. I don't want to get my butt whooped by a hoopty on M Highway or any other highway in the world this is the place to come to
7: we can take care of it
2: okay so can you walk me to the dyno machine dynos dynos are what what is a dyno It diagnostics right
7: dynamometer it uh we we put an engine on it and uh run it break it in uh see what kind of horsepower it makes the kind of torque it makes
2: okay this will be good sound effects for the radio show can we do that real quick it is hooked to a computer so it, it can look at all the diagnostics while it's running through the power band and tune it and okay you
3: you'll you'll be okay
2: well, we're gonna we're gonna I'm walking through and it, it' it almost feels like you can't even get another inch of equipment or vehicles in here but they figured it out somehow so we are walking to the mr Dino room and uh, what are is this a motor for a customer you guys are building this brand new
7: yeah it's a uh, 400
2: Pontiac the air conditioning's awesome in this room by the way I think it's going in a 66 Gto wow and are you putting it in or do you just are you going to be like sending it out to be put in
7: uh he's gonna put it in himself he's restoring the car
2: okay okay so will i be able to hear it from in here yes <laughs> when
7: I get loud, we'll crack
2: the door. Okay. if we need to okay so i'm I, what I, i'm gonna try and paint the picture for you i'm looking at a motor on a stand there's no vehicle around it or nothing but that motor belts are running and okay i can hear it through the wall let me crack that door real quick How many horsepower are we talking about on this uh, on this particular motor?
7: It made 341 horse and 418 foot-pounds of torque.
2: <laughs> so this will be a weekend driver for the guy, do you think? Yeah, yeah, has a cruiser. Okay, what else can you do with this dyno machine? Is that your throttle? Yep,
7: that's my gas pedal.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Doesn't look like one. I'll do a pull for you. Okay. So, Okay, that's serious. That's serious. Now, what what is this machine telling you? How, much, how many horsepower did you get?
7: Well, this pull, we made 354 horsepower and 421 foot-pounds of torque.
2: Now, when you say pull, what do you mean?
7: Um, basically, a pull through
2: the RPM range. Like a pull off the starting line?
7: Yeah, basically, yes. Or
2: from the stoplight to the next stoplight? Yes. I yes. cruised as a kid. I know what this is all about. <laughs> I had a faster car than I do now. That's awesome. Dave Smith, this is like not having to show up to work any day, isn't it? It's, it can be fun. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, and how? so you said you're backed up to about August, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That means good business is good for you. Yeah, it means we're uh, pretty covered up. This is a mom and pop motor shop in Jefferson County. Again, it's off the beaten path. You'd have to find it. Uh, go on to MorleyPerformance.com and you can get a hold of uh, Dave and his crew and find out what you're going to do with your dream vehicle. Maybe you don't even own the vehicle yet. You can shut her down. Look at that. He just shut it down. Maybe you don't even own the vehicle. Maybe you're searching for one. I've got a cousin up in Minnesota that wants a hot rod project, and I don't know if he can do the motor work like uh, Dave can, but this is pretty impressive stuff. If you have uh, a project that you want to uh, maybe get finished, or if you're shopping, you've been on Classic uh, Trader, ClassicCartrader.com, I've been on there a bunch myself, it's amazing because we all want to go back to when we were younger. We want, to, we want to hop on that gas. Now, i got to ask you before I go, Dave, you don't work on Teslas. I'm, I'm presuming, right, you're old school.
7: Yeah, pretty old school.
2: Have you driven a Tesla yet? I
7: have not, not yet.
2: I rode in one, buddy. I rode in one. I'm pretty serious. But you're, you're, your business is impressive, and keep, keep up the old school work. It, it really is impressive. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. No, thank you. And your, your partner's name is? John Sherwin. Okay. want to give John a shout out. He's not here right now. He's running to get parts or whatever. Good stuff. Thank you so much for your time. This is a bow and the go stop on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. And to officially explain a bow on the Go Stop, the bow and the Go Stop is just basically me finding out about a uh, mom and pop niche company that's doing something cool like Borley Performance uh, and letting me know about it because I would love to come and see what you do. So if you know of a mom and pop place, a business, or a restaurant that's cool, I would love to come and make a visit. So reach out to me through social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Just search Bo Matthews. That's B-O-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. And you never know. I might walk through the with a bow on the go stop. My name is Bo Matthews, and I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. You are listening to the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful
0: enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today.